Hey, you mind if I start this episode, Matt? Take it away, Charles. Hello, and welcome to the Global Talent War, a podcast by Tech in Asia, produced in partnership with Globalization Partners. I'm Charles Ferguson, the APAC General Manager of Globalization Partners. And my name's Nat. And this is the final episode of the Global Talent War. That's right. So far, we've spoken to a couple of startups on their experiences fighting the 30-year-long, ever-evolving battle that is the Global Talent War. So who do we have for today's episode, Charles? Well, you and all of our listeners are in for a real treat. Because to close off this series on the Global Talent War, we spoke to none other than Xu Ken Ui, the co-founder and managing partner of Singapore-based accelerator, Iterative. And tell me a little bit about Su Ken. Well, for starters, I kind of think I know his dad. So my dad started Intel in the late 70s. There you go. Yeah, it's so from I, Penang. I he, was in the, he was manufacturing the plant in Penang. No way. Yeah. Wait, so, when did you work there? So I worked. I worked at. Um, you can totally cut this out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I worked at Intel from uh, 1994 okay. until 2001. Okay. Where did and you I, work? I was in Kulim. Okay. Which is obviously on the other side of Peking. Yeah. Um, I was here in Singapore. Did you? I was at A5T5, the assembly and test factory in uh, Shanghai. Okay, you definitely overlapped. Oh my God, you ran man. manufacturing for Intel for like. I think I have him in my uh, my alumni network. Yeah, that's my father. No way, that's crazy. Man, it is crazy. I mean, what are the odds? I reckon the odds are pretty slim that we'd invite the one VC in Singapore <laughs> who just happens to be the son of your ex-colleague. You're probably right. But getting back on topic, what did Suken have to say about the global talent war? So he sees it really from two different perspectives. So I think there's a demand side and a supply side, right? So on the demand side, it's like... You know, and I spent, you know, I grew up, I'm originally from Malaysia, but I grew up in the U.S. And now that more companies are going remote, demand has increased for talent in Southeast Asia, right? Like I've never fielded more emails from startups in San Francisco being like, hey, where's great talent in Southeast Asia? Because all of a sudden we're just remote, so it's not a big deal anymore. First email was where's Southeast Asia? Right, right, right. They're like, Indonesia is China, right? I'm like, okay, we we, we got a backup here. Um, And so I've. Demand side, I think, is there's been a lot more people looking at Southeast Asia. But then on the supply side, too, right, I think, like, more and more people are kind of, like, interested in kind of, like, taking a look at it. And all of a sudden, you can be a Singapore company and you're looking at kind of other places. And so it's interesting to kind of think about, like, the two different sides of this. And I'm still, like, debating net-net, like, is there kind of more demand or supply because of this or, like, which way? Um, But I don't know if you have a view on kind of that. Well, you know, you, you raise an interesting point because I think that maybe over the past couple of decades, the supply and demand talent story was very much to your point about, quote unquote, foreign companies sure. looking at the opportunity in this region to land and expand. And thus, we're looking for access to different types of talent. It could be, you know, engineering, could sure. be business development, whatever. To me, what's also really uniquely interesting about what's been happening uh, over, say, the past 10 years, but certainly the most uh, recent five-year period has been the amount of innovative startup companies in the region that are now expanding and looking for talent. And by the way, some of them are actually saying, hey, can you help me out? I need to find some talent in the United States, right? Well, I mean, (laughs) so I went to school in Seattle. Grab famously has a big engineering office in Seattle, right? It was like the reverse. Indeed. Um, So like it absolutely is happening. And I think, you know, one of the things, this globalization of kind of like large 
we'll just take American companies, but it happens in European companies sure. coming to Southeast Asia. That's definitely not new. Yeah. But at least when I was in San Francisco, the way you thought about building companies was in the early stage companies, everybody's got to be in the same office. Yeah. Like when I was there, no, there was no early stage startups that thought about remote or did any of that stuff. You needed to build the culture. This was the whole thing. And I think that's the thing that I think has changed in the last like year since mm. COVID is that there's lots of early stage companies are doing this now. Yeah. Um, and I think COVID is one, but then like you were saying, as a result of COVID, there's a lot of new tools around this. And so it's just become easier and kind of like better to run these companies. Um, so it's kind of like these two dimensions. Right. With the way people work shifting dramatically over the past year, the way companies go about hiring people changed as well. Right. But is this something that's only for the now times or will this bleed into the post-pandemic future? Well, look, Sukhan definitely thinks this trend is here to stay. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think the reason why is, um, I mean, there's always been such a need for kind of good people. Yeah. And if there are ways to kind of unlock good people, regardless of where they are, like people are always going to go to those, right? That's true. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about this before we hit record, but there's kind of this exodus of San Francisco and, it, you know, having lived there, it's not a great city to live in. We're just all there because of what's going on. For and sure. I think this freedom to kind of like live where you want is like people are really enjoying it. So, um, I mean, as a VC fund, we are putting money behind it. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a better indicator of how I feel than what I actually say. It's like, where are we putting our yeah, money? You put money where your mouth so, is, man. Um, yeah, I think it is. And I think, you know, the common narrative, which I buy is that, uh, I think the world was heading in this way. I think COVID accelerated those things, I buy that. but I think it, I think it was always going to go this way. Right. So we were always bound to end up where we are now in this global talent war with people seeking employment in far-flung countries and companies similarly looking for talent across the globe. The only difference is that we weren't scheduled for this just yet. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, 2020 decided to put the global talent war into overdrive. Exactly. Like it gave us the push we needed to catapult into the quote unquote future of work. That's right. And according to Shuken, that's creating a huge impact on the global tech ecosystem. And I think the, the long term, very exciting part of that is if people are moving to these other parts, at least, in, you know, in my world, very early stage startups, yeah. there's a lot of kind of tribal knowledge, right? For and sure. that all got sucked up into places like San Francisco. And if you were there, you got all of it. That's right. But as people are kind of dispersing into all these other places, a couple of years down the road, right? It's like, okay, great. There's going to be hunting more, grounds for you, hunting man. grounds. There's more people <laughs> going to be involved. And like, that's, I think that's great for everybody to have. I agree. I'd rather have a world where that knowledge was more dispersed than it was just like heavily concentrated in certain areas. Um, and so I think, that's going to take a very long time to kind of play out, but as far as, really exciting, as far as we know. Man, I'm just imagining every country across the globe having startup hubs like Silicon Valley. That's the dream, man. You know, it's nice to talk about some good news on this podcast for once. It's all been death and casualties, and it just <laughs> felt like my parents shouting at me to look both ways before crossing the road if I don't want to be roadkill. Well, it's the last episode, so we've got to end on a high note, right? Yeah. But then again, it's not like it's all roses from here on out. For at least the next few decades, companies are still going to be grappling with the challenge of attaining talent. I definitely believe demand is going to outstrip supply for 
like in my lifetime. Yeah. I probably. don't even know what the world, I don't even know what a tech industry that is supply rich even looks like, <laughs> like or operates like, you know, like where like you can just go find really good work? engineers <laughs> off the street and yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know what that looks like, right? Well, for enough money, maybe. It's, for you enough know. money, sure. Um, and so I think if you think about it in that macro sense, then like that's true, right? Sure. But if you start, there's a lot of interesting points if you start breaking it down into the other parts, right? Mm. So engineering has always been kind of the largest deficit. Sure. Right? And, but there's some of these other deficits that we see like product managers, there's like a big deficit in Southeast Asia and primarily because product manager is not a thing you can go to school for and you learn product manager by doing it, but not a lot of people have done it here yet, right? And if you're somewhere like San Francisco, it's like, this is the guy that started Gmail and you're like, okay, hire that guy, right? And you're like, this is the person that did like the newsfeed in Facebook. And you're like, all right, I hired like that, that person, right? Sure. So there's a lot of this. But that phenomenon on top of creating annoyances for hiring managers across all these industries is also creating waves among the working population. This in turn grows the pool of supply and demand basically at the same time. One thing that we saw is we saw a lot of audio education companies recently apply to the batch. And everyone that we, so we talked to one in Vietnam, we talked to one in Indonesia, and they're all telling the same story. They're like audio books and courses. And they have books like Harry Potter and all this stuff on their platform. The, all their top 10 books, self-help career books. Amazing. All of them, right? Awesome. Vietnam, everywhere. And <clears throat> demographics are exactly what you think it was, right? It's like maybe middle class, yep. like some education, 20 somethings and they're all trying to like make something out of themselves yeah. right and so i just think there's a big wave of those types of there's going to be there's increasing demand for products like that yes which we'd love to invest in as many of those as we can because certainly that's definitely going to happen all over southeast asia yeah. um so that's going to drive supply um but it'll be interesting to see supply into which of these areas and then these things like feed into each other. It's like as more people get those skills, more people are going to start companies, which means that there's even more demand and then there's going to be more supply. So it's like yep. these things drive each other, right? And virtuous cycle. Virtuous cycle, right? And I think you see this a lot in developing countries where they're like, this stuff happens, right? Where it's like, okay, supply kind of caught up, but then all this demand came in and then the supply. And so, um, and I think that's just great for the region. Right. Like I that's how you right. drive GDP. That's how people's lives get better. And like, that's the thing that we should all be kind of like trying to kind of help with. I agree. Um, so I think that's the thing that's going to end up happening. Okay. So we're back to good news, right? Well, yeah, at least for now, because another effect that's been happening recently is the rise of what we call the borderless company that operates remotely from day one. I think one of the things that we're seeing is um, it's quite it's more challenging if you are an existing company that is not remote, like traditional style of like offices. Yep. Switching to remote can definitely be done, but it's a little bit more challenging because you have all this ingrained stuff, right? If you're starting a new startup now, I feel like most of them that I hear now are like just going remote right off the bat, right? Because you just start, right? Yeah. And um, I think two things are the case. Um, one is they're starting remote because they're starting in COVID and they just yeah. don't have a choice, right? And Necessity, like, the matter of invention. <laughs> and I think then you figure out how to do that. Yeah. And then even my, my thesis is after COVID, that's just how this company operates now, right? I think the flip side of it too, in Southeast Asia where there are some positions that are very hard to hire for, yeah. let's say there's a lot of product managers, there's few senior engineers, this kind of stuff. And especially if you're an early stage startup, like the ones we typically work with, you can't fight grab and Google yeah. for salary, right? Yeah. 
And unfortunately, and in perks this, and bennies and, perks and all that and stuff. All that, right? yeah. I mean, it's a startup. And cachet to some extent, although that's maybe waning to some degree. Waning, but it definitely matters here more than sure. matters in Brand. the Valley, right? Yeah. And I think the other part too is in Southeast Asia, people don't know how to value equity yet. And yeah. so equity doesn't mean a lot. Mm. So San Francisco, typical play is, look, you throw a bunch of equity at early stage right. people and they all got stories of how WhatsApp sold for $18 billion and yeah. there's 30 people and everybody is rich, right? <laughs> yeah. There's no stories like that here. No. And so it's- Not even, yet. Not yet. So it's even harder to recruit some of these things, yeah. right? So That's true. just out of necessity here, I think Southeast Asian stars might go remote earlier than I think the US ones. Yeah. And I mean, also, I guess it's like, if you're a Singapore startup, you can hire out of Singapore, but there's a population of 5 million people. Right. And so you almost by necessity have to like hire people outside sooner. Whereas in America, it's like it's like 300 million people. Exactly. Like, like fine. Right. But then we run into the same issue we talked about before, where remote teams have trouble actually establishing camaraderie and forming bonds the way that teams in the office do. Yeah. But what if it's just the way things are meant to be? I mean, what if culture just means something different than what we've been told it is? And I don't I don't know if I buy this yet, but. Does culture just look differently? In yeah, maybe so. Setting, right? Like maybe totally. it's not like the water cooler. Like maybe that's not what culture means in this new Absolutely world. Absolutely right. right? Um, so I think there's just, I think culture at a company traditionally just borrowed a lot of cues from human society of like us just being around each other. Sure. And now we're living in a world where we can't borrow those cues anymore. That's so right. we have to kind of construct some new way of kind of like- Some new this, norms, some new social some new norms. norms around this, right? I mean, now that I think about it, before the pandemic and this whole work from home thing started, I'd never seen inside my coworkers' bedrooms, but now I feel like I'm on a whole new level of closeness and intimacy with them because I'm pretty sure I can recognize people's houses from their Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> exactly. So maybe this is the new way forward. I mean, maybe you can't have water cooler talk, but you can make small talk with your colleagues about a painting in the wall behind them or their cats or their dogs to keep walking into view or their kids who sometimes join in their calls. And that's just what office culture is like in this new age. Yeah, but, you know, to, to kind of close off this series, did Suken have anything to say about the future of this global talent war or what we can expect with regards to recruitment trends or hiring behaviors in the near future? Well, he very aptly ended, actually, with a quote from Mark Andreessen. I think when it comes to recruiting, uh, I just think it's kind of fascinating how it's going to play out um, and I think the this is a I think this is a Mark Andreessen quote I'm not sure if it is but uh, he always likes to say that the future is already here it's just unevenly distributed that's exactly one of his quotes yeah and I just think about that with everything right? absolutely like recruiting is like the future of recruiting probably here in pockets absolutely but unevenly right. distributed what a quote and what an insight it was a pleasure diving into the Global Talent War with you, Charles. I think it's been fun. And that I had a great time, too, and a lot of stuff to think about from all the uh, things we've learned and what the interviewees have said. I'm sure our listeners feel the same. Speaking of which, if you stuck with us throughout the series, thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Global Talent War. It means a lot to us. And if you haven't yet checked out all our previous episodes, and if you like what you heard over the past few weeks, leave us a rating and a nice review. That's right. And don't forget, if you're a business owner or a business leader and you want some assistance in fighting this never-ending battle of the global talent war, visit Globalization Partners' website at globalization-partners.com and we'll be there to help you out. Absolutely. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to this series just as much as we did making it. On behalf of Charles Ferguson from Globalization Partners and Sue Ken Wee from Iterative, my name's Nat, signing off. <laughs>